1: So the front page of the Irish Independent is leading with a story that says the Catholic primary school managers are saying that people shouldn't be taught um, what's proposed in the new uh, curriculum proposed by the National Council for curriculum and assessment in relation to what they'll teach about transgenderism, transgender people and how it will be taught. And some of the things that they are citing in their submission is they talk about, for example, other countries have rejected what's called the affirmative model, which we'll talk about with our next guest. But so what is that and what is the alternative when it comes to this issue? It's great to have with us on the line Stella O'Malley. She's the founder of Genspect, which is an international alliance of professionals and they help people to detransition. Stella, let's start with that. I mean, in terms of this, um, this front page story, obviously the CPSMA made this submission, but Genspect also made a submission. Lots of parents, lots of other groups just kind of asking questions about what were proposed. What was the submission that Genspect made in relation to this?
0: Well, we made a submission. We're not a religious group. And by the way, what we do is we have a healthy approach to sex and gender. That's our mission. And we just proposed that the in our submission to the to the curriculum was that um, that teaching gender ideology as if it's fact is is not helpful to children. And if they want to teach gender ideology, they're perfectly perfectly within their remit to teach it as a belief. And the belief is that all of us have some sort of identity within us. And that that identity, very like a Christian soul, it's unfalsifiable. You can't put your foot, you, you can't put your, you can't touch it. And it's untestable. And it's very subjective. So one person might say, I have a Christian soul or I have a gender identity. And somebody else would say, no, I'm made of my body and my hormones and my body shape who I am to become a feminine person or a masculine person. That it's not really some sort of... And some people are less feminine than others for various reasons. And there's no as such gender identity living within them. It's, it's a complicated concept. And some people fervently believe that we have a gender identity within us and some people don't and I think everybody has a right to believe whatever they want and as the the, the, the front page of the Irish Indo says today they've, they're teaching this as if it's a fact, as if everybody has a gender identity and as if there isn't controversy, there's a lot of controversy and it says it's just from the Catholics Catholic submission, the Catholic schools, now that is 89% of the schools, but a huge amount of non religious people like Jens Beck, who are completely non religious, have huge issues.
1: Uh, And one of the things, Stella, that you touch on there and was also mentioned in in several submissions, I know, is just pointing out that this affirmative care model has been rejected in countries that will be seen as, you know, very liberal um, and all that sort of stuff like Sweden, Finland, the Netherlands, the UK as well. Maybe explain what is the affirmative care model and what is the alternative?
0: Uh, uh, Well, first of all, I want to point out that the pioneers of paediatric gender transition, Sweden and Finland, they have rejected it now. So they were ahead of everybody. They brought it in before everybody else and now they have pulled back. So they are ahead of the game yet again. But what it is, is the affirmative model, it's about 10 years old and the idea of it is that it's child-led. So if the child says they're a boy and they're four years old or two years old or 16 years old, it doesn't matter what age they are, you're led by the child. If they want to be called a different name, a different pronoun, go to different toilets and um, use different sports, teams, um, they the child leads the way. While other people like Spectre and myself would be more developmentally informed and we would say we would be child centred as in we'd listen to the child we'd, we'd certainly make allowance and allowances for the child and make sure that the child feels comfortable but we wouldn't change policies and change um, absolute kind of ways of interacting with a child because it has an impact on not just the child but has an impact on the whole school. So if suddenly, uh, you know, Liam becomes Lucy, for example, and Liam says we have to use she, her, other children in the school and some very vulnerable children in the school might be very negatively impacted that, like by that and they might have difficulties with it and it can create more problems that it resolves and it's not necessarily helping Liam or Lucy, if you follow me, because it's a debatable point. How we should manage somebody's gender distress, it's new. For thousands of years, children like myself, for you know, we're very gender non-conforming, we're very, very boyish or, or girlish, and they manage themselves, if you follow me. This is a new way of treating them. And by the way, most of those children generally grow up to be gay, lesbian or bisexual. And so telling them they're a girl rather than telling them nothing and allowing them to figure out that one day they might be gay is is perhaps kind of intruding with an adult sensibility and that's often my issue with the gender affirmative, it's a very adult way of looking at things
1: yeah, and I suppose uh, the difference... Before the child would be is ready. The, the big difference between, Stella, say, when, when you or I were, children are growing up, is, um, we you know, for a long time, women might have, you know, bound their breasts or done things like that because of thinking about your body. But now it's where you can actually have surgeries and take hormones. It's a whole other level. One of the things that was interesting was just a reading about in the UK the number of children referred to their gender identity development service. It went from 50 in a year in 2009 to 25,000 in 2020 is there and 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 furthermore that it kind of changed that the majority of those being referred um were girls uh, feeling that they might want to be a boy why is that is there a thing of gender contagion and um that kind of shift in the in the sexes that are feeling this way what's the reason behind all of that
0: well, we need more evidence. We don't have enough research. What we do know is that there's a, been a phenomenal 4,000% increase, four to 5,000% increase in the numbers of specifically adolescent girls attending. Now, that is Irish figures as well, because Jid's in the Tavistock that went from 50 up to 25,000 this year in the last 15 years, they attended to Irish children um who had gender-related distress. So Irish children are within those figures, just so you know. And when you say about the female adolescents, yeah, without a doubt there is social contagion involved, without a doubt there is some sort of influence online, because never before in the history of gender non-conforming behaviour have adolescent girls presented in any sort of significant numbers Um, with uh, distress around their gender. This has never happened before. It's suddenly happened in the last 10 years. It's not in the medical literature and it's not in other literature. There have been children who have, like like myself, always been gender non-conforming as children, but never before have these very gender-conforming children who were running around in dresses perfectly fine and then suddenly with the onset of puberty changed and rapidly changed after spending a long time online. And with significant proportion of them having autism, OCD, um, ADHD, they have other challenges. And so we're in a new cohort. We have no no real evidence, no long term evidence for this cohort. And myself and Jen Speck's kind of pr- position is to just well, we need to tread cautiously here. This is a new cohort. We've no long term evidence. We don't quite know why this is happening. And therefore, you know, first do no harm, go slowly, don't present with kind of radical, invasive procedures. That will alter their 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 perception of themselves.
1: And you, obviously, and at JanSpec, Sally, you know, you have people coming to you um, who have detransitioned or want to de-transition. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience of that. And I know there is the de-transition awareness day on the twelfth of March. So this isn't a small number of people that are saying they're having this experience.
0: Yeah, when we first set up JanSpec, we we had very um, we we you know we we didn't expect so many people who were harmed by medical transition to contact us. But they did contact us because they've nowhere to go. They don't go back to the clinics because they view it as the scene of the attack. And they don't trust the clinics. And so they started contacting us looking for help. And these are people who are maybe 23, 24. They've medically transitioned. They've had maybe a double mastectomy. A lot of them are female. And they regret it. And they wish they didn't have a double mastectomy. They wish they didn't have... You know, um, hair on their jaw, hair on their chest, hair all over their body, Um, a man's voice from the testosterone. They wish none of this has happened, but it has happened. And they're very young and very, very often they'll have autism and other challenges. And so we realized as that we needed to do something to help with this. And so we raised awareness for Detrends Awareness last March the 12th. And we have a big, long webinar, five and a half hours of people who... Um, just just given a platform to detransitioners to tell their stories. One one detransitioner Michelle gave a brilliant presentation last year on what the doctors missed. And she talked about the trauma, the sexual assault, the uh the diagnosis, the the conditions, you know what I mean, that were missed when she uh, was transitioned. I sometimes get the the details mixed up, but there's an awful lot of similar stories. Kira Bell is obviously the most famous because she took the court case. And she had, you know, an awful lot of trauma in her background and other things that were missed. Basically, children have been fast-tracked into a simple solution. And anybody who's lived long enough knows simple solutions rarely work in life. The human condition is complicated. We contain multitudes. And the idea that a quick medical intervention that will have such a long, long impact on their life will be appropriate for 16, 17, 18-year-olds, you know, challenged and and vulnerable children. It's not appropriate. So we're raising it again this year. So if you go up, we we started a website, Jen's started a new website called beyondtrans.org. And Beyond Trans is for everybody who's been impacted by medical transition. And they might seek uh, counselling or they might seek job skills or lots of different things that we offer. And what we do is we offer to fund it through the funds we make during our webinar, which is on March the 12th. So we'd really appreciate if you do care for these people. The tickets are only 25 quid. It's a webinar. And you'll hear people telling their story about what happened to them why they why they thought transition was the solution and how they felt when they realized. They, the stories of, I remember one, one person saying, she, during the day she was all pro-trans and going to her pride marches and stuff like that. And then in the middle of the night, she kept on waking up like, what have I done? Oh my God, what have I done? And then the next day she would be back kind of pro-trans all, all the time. It's a frightening prospect to think I've done something huge and I regret it. It takes a lot of bravery to say it. And... I think the fact that like when I first started following um, a subreddit called detrans subreddit dtrans, it was uh, there was less than a thousand followers and now there's um, 45,000 so the numbers of these of these young people detransitioning are really high
1: Stella thanks so much for joining us on the show today and it's so refreshing just to get a perspective of just asking the important questions and putting forward some of the evidence that we have that's Stella O'Malley she's a psychotherapist author and one of the founders of Genspect International you can go to genspect.org the other website Stella mentioned is beyondtrans.org and that particular webinar she mentioned for Detransition Awareness Day which is the 12th of March the details for that are on beyondtrans.org Thanks
0: for listening to our Spirit Radio Podcast don't miss out, subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.